0: When you came in this morning, you came in one of the doors, you, you or your family unit, rather, should have been given an envelope. If you had an envelope this morning, held it up in the air so I can see it. Okay. Take that envelope and set it right next to you right now. Don't lose it. Okay, don't lose it. You, you can distribute a couple of those that are left back there. You can distribute them to somebody else. Um, and so, um, put that next to you. Because we're going to get to that in a little while. You're going to use that to help me preach the last point of my message today, okay? You want a chance to be the preacher today? No? What do you shake your heads no for? You don't even have to talk. You know what they say? The number one fear that people have is public speaking. They say the number one fear, that public speaking is a greater fear than the fear of death, so, people say they would rather die than speak in public. I don't get that. <laughs> but um, the reality is, you're going to help me preach, but you're not going to have to say a word. I'll do all the talking. All right? Go, just hold your comments to yourselves. <laughs> what we're going to do today in getting that direction is we are going to take a break from our journey that we've been going on. We've been going, if you're visiting today, we've been going on a journey with Jesus through the Gospel of Mark. And. Um, and just learning, our goal has been to, to walk with Jesus and his disciples and let that transform our lives so that we can be like them. As they walked with Christ for three years, they came out three years later as totally different people that Jesus used then changed the world with. And so we said, we're not going to take three years, but as we walk with Jesus through gospel, the Gospel of Mark, we want to be transformed. But we've been doing that now for uh, a couple of months, and uh, I'm feeling transformed and challenged, and I hope you are too. But today we're going to take a break from that and we're going to focus on something that I really think we need to focus on as a local church. And then it's the exact appropriate time as we kind of end summer and move into fall and activities kind of ramp up. And some of you who are visiting with us, your guests that are maybe part of different churches, it's fitting for you also for where you plug into. And so we want to talk about about that. Now, for our church at Portview, I can say this without hesitation, that we right now are at just an incredibly wonderful time as a church. doesn't mean we don't have challenges, but as a church, we are at a wonderful time. We have a great spirit about the congregation, just of health and happiness. Yesterday, um, somebody said after we set up, we had just a crew of people setting up all the tents and tables and chairs yesterday, and somebody said, there were many hands here. I said, that's great, because that's a sign of a, of a healthy church. We have a really good foundation established. We've worked really hard at at setting the foundation and, and directing the course of where we want to go as a church. And God, by His Spirit, is without a doubt blessing us. I'm watching as people are growing in their relationships with God, they're growing in their relationships with one another, that often people are coming into relationships with Christ as their Savior and Lord, um, we're impacting world missions by having a great uh, missions program that's growing and developing. And as Pastor Bruce mentioned, we're, we're just at a drop of a hat when we say, we get an email saying there's a great need, and we give you the opportunity. People respond to it. And so we're really in a great plume. And you know what? It's just a great time for the church, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Today's picnic, what it's really about, is about celebrating how great God is and how great things are going. And so today is just a day of celebration. And friends, I really believe that this is just the beginning, I mean the very beginning, of what God has in store for us. And truly, the best is yet to come. Now, one of the things this is what we want to talk about today, that I think we need as a congregation to get a hold of, so that God can continue to move us forward, and accomplish great things through us and greater things through us. One of the things that I think we need to get a hold of is just a greater understanding of how the body of Christ, which is the church, um, is to function. You know, do you understand that we are, as a local church, the body of Christ? We're an individual body of Christ, and then as we join together other bodies of Christ, we become the kingdom of God. But we are an individual body of Christ. And I think there's something that we need to to get today for us to go forward as a body of Christ to understand. And the particular thing I want us to, to really get into our hearts today is for each of you to understand, each of you, everybody like this, say me, me. This is for you and for me. That each of us would understand how important each and every one of us are to God's plan for this church, that every single person is important. You see, scriptures tell us that the body or the church is made up of many parts and that each part is incredibly important for the health and the success of this church body. The Apostle Paul understood this. He understood a lot. We try to understand from him as the Spirit of God revealed things to him. And he understood this. And once, when he was writing a letter to a particular church, a church in Corinth, he was dealing with some problems that they were having, and he stops his instruction about their particular problems, and he inserts a teaching about how the church body should function. Because he understood something. He knew that they couldn't go forward in the direction they were supposed to go until they understood how God had put them together to work together together so that they could together accomplish his goals. And so as we want to go forward, as they wanted to go forward, I want us to take a look at what he had to say to them, and see what we can apply to ourselves as we move forward. So grab your Bible, if you would, and open with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. Some of you are guessing where we're going already. If you don't have a Bible, and you're sitting in the pew area... um, Grab one of those black Bibles from underneath there, and you're willing to follow along. If you don't own a Bible, take one of those Bibles with you. It's yours as a gift from our church. One of our goals, one of the things we love to do is get rid of Bibles. Because we know that people read the Word of God, it changes their lives. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start reading verse 14. It says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, Because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desires. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand I have no need of you or again the head to the feet I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor and our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more Presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked. So that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. We'll stop right there. Now, I understand something about reading this text. I understand that this is a really well-known section of Scripture. Matter of fact, I preached on this one time, and after I preached on it, a person approached me after church, who had been around church world for a long time, and said, Oh, when you read the text, I just said, Are you kidding me? You're going to preach on that. I've heard it a hundred times. And so I know that's a possibility. I know there's a tendency in our minds to say, you know what, I know all about this. But friends, I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today to open up your heart and your mind to what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say to us today through His Word. To have an open heart and an open mind, because I believe something today. I believe that God wants to speak to us. I believe that God wants to encourage us through His Word today. And I believe that God wants to challenge us through his word today. And so if you have a tendency to say, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, I challenge you to say, you know what, no you don't. So, we're going to look at encouragement and we're going to look at a challenge. First of all, we're going to look at the encouragement. And there's, there's more encouragement we're going to look at today than there is challenge. So let's look at some things that, that from our text that are, that are very encouraging, that as you grasp them in your heart, it makes you say, wow. It is awesome to be part of the kingdom of God. It is specifically awesome to be part of a local body, and that's what I want for me. And that's what I want for my kids, and that's what I want for my grandkids, and that's what I want for my neighbors and my friends, that there's these awesome blessings that come from being part of a local church body, and I don't want to miss out on them, that God created the world in such a way that there are things that come to us only in the body of Christ. And that if we're not part of a local body, consistently in, integrated in, we don't get all the benefit that God, who created this whole system, wanted to give to his children. So we're going to look at some encouragement. First thing we look at is encouragement from the text, is this. This is going to be really helpful to some of us, all of us, it should be. Because some of you say, I just don't fit in the world. I don't fit in wherever. This is the first thing I see. That each of us is different by the design of God. That each of us is different because of God's intention, because of God's design. He says in the text we read, talking about people but using the analogy of the body, he says some people are hands and some are feet, some are eyes and some are ears. And friends, the point he's making is that just like God made all of our bodies diverse, have different parts doing different things, likewise he made each and every one of us diverse and different on purpose. Do you understand something today? Even though the world tries to make us the same, use the same products, go to the same places, that if you really are successful, you will look, act, and be a certain way, that God says in His Word here, and He shows us this truth, that you are not supposed to be like anybody else on the planet. That God made you unique, and that God made you special. Tell the person next to you, say, You're special. Some of you don't believe that. You are special. Now, some of you did it like this. You're special. (laughs) Didn't you? Don't lie. (laughs) Some of you did it like that. You're special. Like, man, you're, you know, here's the deal. We are. We're all special. We're all unique. We're all different. It's the world that says that some people, the way they're created are, are, is more significant than others. The Bible doesn't say that and God doesn't say that. He says we're all special. Friends, you need to understand something today. You are not an accident. God made you the way he made you on purpose because he likes you as you are at the core. He doesn't like the sins we participate in, but he likes you at the core of who you are. Look at verse 18, what it says here. Verse 18 says, But now God, say God, God, so it doesn't say Mark or the pastor or or churches and denominations, but God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as He desired. You know what? It says God places the members. It says God was aware of who the members are, what they're about, and He places them where He wants them to be. That God made, we can assume here, or we can infer, which is accurate, that God made the parts on purpose. That God doesn't make mistakes. And that friends, he has placed you right where he wants you to be. And for many of you in this room today, where he's placed you is here in this local church body. This local church family. Some of you are visiting and you're part of another church family. And I want you to understand something as you're part of a body. That he hasn't forgot about you. That he has a plan for you as an individual. And he loves you. And that needs to be encouraging to you. I hope that is encouraging to you. Now here's what I understand about humanity. I understand about me a lot of times. I understand about you. A lot of us are like the ear described in verse 16. It says, well I'm not part of the body because I'm only an ear and not an eye. It's, a, it's a, a situation of humanity that says, I'm not like that person, so I don't really matter. I'm not part of the body even. I'm not important because I'm only an ear and not an eye. Friends, often we look at ourselves, we look in the mirror of our life, and we don't like what we see. Often we compare ourselves to others or wish to be somewhere else, and they say things like this, I'm only a whatever, you fill in the blank is illustration of the body parts I'm only an ear but we say it different we don't say I've never heard anybody say I'm only an ear but we say I'm only a this and often for men we define it by our career I'm only a this and I wish I was a that we define it by our looks our height our abilities our width whatever I'm only a this our intellectual capacities I'm only a this and I wish I was a that friends understand something if you get nothing else today, understand this today. There are no onlys in God's family. He doesn't have a ranking system. There are no onlys. The point he's trying to make is that everybody's important. We're unique by design. There are no onlys in God's family. What he's trying to communicate us to us through his word today is that we should not wish to be someone or something else. That God made you and God made me on purpose. And you know why? Because with your uniqueness, you can do something in this world that no one else can do as well as you. God made you to do something that nobody else on this planet can do as well as you because He created you unique. He has given you gifts and He's given you abilities that make you special. Do you understand why He's made you unique? We've been talking about it a little bit. Why there are. He's trying to communicate that there are no perfect person types. That, there's, that He didn't say the I is the ultimate, and that's the perfect part. He said no. Do you understand why he's made us unique? It's this reason. Because if we were all the same, the body would be limited and ineffective. Verse 17 says this. Suppose, and just think of the, 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 the lunacy that he's saying of this, of this example. Suppose the whole body were an eye, just one gigantic eye. He says, then how would you hear? He said, if the whole body were just one big ear, then how could you smell anything? You know, if we were all gifted the same, we really couldn't accomplish anything for the Lord. we just lay there for one big eye and look. Couldn't do anything about it, blink. <laughs> because we couldn't do anything about it. Because we wouldn't have any feet to carry us, our mouths to speak, our hands to love. If we were all gifted the same, we couldn't accomplish anything. You know what today? We only need one preacher. That's it. We only need one of me in this room today. It doesn't matter if there's two hundred or there's two thousand. We only really need one of me this morning in this local body. But you know what? We need lots of servers. A lot of them are all scurrying, working right now. And they were scurrying and working yesterday. And they were scurrying and working at 7 o'clock this morning. We need lots of servers. We need lots of teachers. If you look at that little insert, for just Wednesday nights. Just just Wednesday nights and just Wednesday nights for adults. We need all kinds of teachers. Just to, to, to do the bare basics that we're trying to accomplish. We need lots of tech people. We need people who understand how to, how to click the buttons on that crazy thing that I want to stomp on all the time called the computer. Because they never work right. We need people who understand that stuff. We need lots of encouragers. We need lots of prayers. And you can put in the fill in the blank, anything else. We need lots of people who are gifted completely different for the body to be what it's supposed to be. We are all different by design. So that when he calls all of our parts together, we can accomplish great purposes for God. And that's God's will for us to accomplish great things for him. He said this about you and me. He said, greater things than I do, you will do also. Boy, wrestle with that one, really. Think about it. Think what Jesus did. He says greater things. Why? How? Because all the unique parts function together to accomplish something spectacular. Friends, that gives me encouragement to know that I was created my way on purpose. You don't want to know this is is not no great revelation to some of you. You want to know what the thing that I've wrestled with the most in my life of saying God, why'd you make me that way? I don't know why. Matter of fact, my, my parents are here today. I saw them. I like to talk. I've always liked to talk. I've always got in trouble talking. My parents had to deal with teacher meetings because Mark talked too much. I've always said, God, why did you make me like this? I can't help it. I have to. It's like you have to breathe. I have to talk. It's the way I've been created. And forever, I didn't like that about me until I understood something. God made me that way. It wasn't the devil who made me that way. I can use it improperly. But God made me that way. And I said, okay, God, I don't wish I was that person. I'm glad I'm me. And you gave me this. I still have to have to mature in, my, in who God made me, and so do you. But you know what? It's encouraging to me, and it should be encouraging to you, that God made you unique on purpose, different by design. That's the first thing that encourages us. Let's keep moving. The second thing, that I look at this and I say, man, this is a great encouragement to me as I read this text. It's this, that we are united by the Spirit of God. That we are united by God's Spirit. The picture that the Apostle Paul paints here is one of diversity in unity. He says we have many members who are very different. They look different. They like different things. Their styles are different. Their abilities are different. They have different political views. All these differences. And in spite of these differences, we are to be united by the Spirit of God. This is God's plan. You know why this encourages me so much? Because the world is exactly the opposite. The world says, if you're different, you can't get along. God says, I've given you my spirit to show something to the world that's impossible to the world. That different people with different likes and dislikes, different, different views on things, can be in one body and can get along. That's what God loves to do. See friends, God desires unity, not uniformity. He doesn't say we should all be the same, look the same, act the same, be the same, think the same. No, he says we should be different. That's why he talks, first of all, that we're we're all different on purpose, but that those different people can be brought together by the Spirit of God. As a church, we are supposed to be very different types of people brought together by God's Spirit. Paul says in verse 13, he says this, But we have all, say all, 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 that I mean most all we have all as believers been baptized into Christ's body by one spirit and we have all received the same spirit church by the work of the holy spirit we have been forgiven and we have been brought into Christ's body Once we were dead, spiritually, the Bible says. Once we were separated from God because of sin, the Bible says. And now as followers of Jesus, we have been saved. We have been, the Bible says, regenerated. In other words, spiritual life's been put into us. Uh, Like the generator's been started, and now we have spiritual life, and we've been regenerated. We've been made alive in Christ spiritually. That's what unites us that spiritual regeneration of the Holy Spirit that says we're all alive now, spiritually different than everybody else on the planet. Friends, and this is an awesome thing. God has open enrollment in His family. And He calls to us. And He says to every person, if you're in this room today and you're not yet in a relationship with Christ where He's forgiven you of your sins, He says today, come on in and be part of my family. And if we give our life to Christ and we receive forgiveness of sins through Jesus, he says, you know what? My spirit will turn on your spirit. You'll be regenerated and that regeneration will bring you into the family and you'll be united with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Friends, we are brought into Christ's body by the Holy Spirit's activity. All Christians are united by the Holy Spirit. We have this common thread that ties us together. We really are family and this unity is to transcend any distinctions that we may have among us based on political views skin color likes or dislikes socioeconomic backgrounds all those things are washed away as we're united as we're united in Christ because we're united by the very spirit of god and because of that you know what the church family becomes why it's such a blessing such an encouragement Because of that, this becomes a very safe place. It's a place where you are free to live in your distinctions and get along in love. So it's become a very safe place because it's a united place. And that's encouraging. Because something I know about the world, it's anything but safe and united. Amen? Amen. Amen. Great encouragement from being part of the body. But let's look at one more. The last encouragement. And it's this. It says that we are all important. Verse 19 to 21, he's trying to communicate that there. He says, if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. You see, friends, there is no member of this church body or any church body that can look at another person that God has placed in the body and say, I don't need you. You're not important because God's saying here, we're all important. I want you to understand something today. There are no little people in the body of Christ. There are no superstars and there are no little people in the body of Christ. Every child of God is created special and has a unique role to fill within this body. And the sad reality is that when anyone does not fulfill their role, that God designed them to fulfill, then the body suffers and it's incomplete. Verse 27 says, Each one of you is a separate and necessary part of the body. Each one of you. doesn't say most. Each one of you is a separate, distinct, and Necessary part of the body. God wants you to understand it. He wants to encourage you with that today, that you are important, that you are needed. That this gives you a purpose. You have a purpose beyond making money, creating widgets in a factory. God has a higher calling for you. It's He created you unique. And He puts you in a body with different people who are completely different. He united you by His Spirit. So that we all work together and we look around at each other who's different and we say, Wow, we couldn't make it without him. We couldn't make it without her. It gives me a purpose to get out of bed in the morning. Isn't that encouraging? Look at all these things of encouragement that Paul gives us in this one section of Scripture. He says we're, we're all different by design. We're all united by the Spirit. And we're all important to God. Friends, it's great to be part of the body of Christ, isn't it? Amen? Amen. Now... One more point to our message. When I look at this text, I see all a bunch of encouragement. But I also see one incredible challenge that's put before us. One thing that's, what I mean by that's challenging, that it says we're not there yet. That it says, yeah, this is good, but we've got to go forward. And the challenge is this, and I wanna, I want you to help me to convey this point. And Jeff, if you guys could start getting ready with what they're going to help me. You guys are going to help me. That's what the envelopes are all about. I want you to help me convey this challenge. You see, when you, were, when you came in this morning, you were given an envelope. And I asked you to hold them up and then hold them. And they've been distributed as you, as you came in. Now some of you say, well, I came in and slipped in. I didn't get one. It's okay. You can still watch it. I want each one of you that has your envelope to to hold it up. First of all, I see you have them. Okay? Now I want you to take it down and I want you to open it up. Okay? Don't break the thing that's in there. These guys are coming in here to set something up. You're going to see on the back of there, there is a number. There's a little arrow that's going to point to up. You see that on there? And there's a piece of Velcro, right? You got those, okay? Give these guys just one second. We got engineers that designed this thing, so I'm sure it's incredibly complex <laughs> and uh, and beefy. And it'll take the the roof supports down. There we go. Okay, remove the curtain. You're st- Pretend you can't see any of the stuff that's on there right now. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do next. And we're going to have these guys are going to help us. Okay, I'm going to stand right over here. Here's what I need you to do take your part that's in your hand. I want you to, everybody have a part to stand up. Now, we're going to try to do this in about three to five minutes. These guys are going to help you. I need every one of you that has a part to come up, and these guys are going to help you find where it fits on this puzzle. And as soon as you put your part on the puzzle, go around and find your way back to your seat. So come on up, and you can throw your puzzle or your envelopes in there if you have them. Otherwise, leave them in your seat. I want you to find where they fit. We're going to try to do this in a couple minutes. I think we've got our last piece here. The last piece. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for helping. Let's all grab our seats, because I want to make a, a, maybe the most important point of the whole message. What do you see? I, this, is, this is what we see, an almost complete body. An almost complete body, right? You can see the outline. You can see some distinction. You can see arms and kind of and, and legs and, and uh, the, the head. and it, it, we can, It's almost a complete body with, with hands lifted in the air. Because I wanted a body that would represent the body of Christ. And you know what? As a body, you know what we're supposed to really do? The reason we exist is to give glory and praise to God. Right? So we see an almost complete body. What we see by looking at the body, though, is there's pieces missing. You know... The brain's there, I think. But uh, there's some eye missing. Kind of hard to wave your hand when you're missing your elbow and your your forearm. Kind of hard to run when you're missing part of your knee. Gary, I saw you snuck in. It's kind of hard to run when you're missing part of your hip, right? Right? Got a new hip. And so I think there's part of a hip missing over here. And so what I see is an almost complete body, but there's pieces missing. I want you to realize something about this today. We did something on purpose. If all of the body, of all we, we, we calculated this based on, if everybody were to show up on an average Sunday, on a Sunday, based on what our average is, if everyone were to show up, there would be no open spots in the body. We tried to calculate it in such a way to say that if everybody showed up and and fit where they fit, that the body would be. Complete. But there's missing pieces. Hear me today. There's an assumption made in the text we read that has to do with this. The assumption that's made in our text. It's not spelled out, but it's so basic it's assumed. And it's where our challenge comes from today. And the assumption is this. That the individual parts of the body, which is you and me, would be connected to each other in the body... And then would contribute to the body according to their design. It's simply assumed. The Apostle Paul expects that the ear will be on the head and that the fingers will be on the hand. He assumes it. He just says the ears hear and the eyes see and the and the you know and the mouth talks. He just assumes it. His assumption is that every Christian would connect to a local church. And contribute to the church's function according to their own uniqueness for their own good and for the good of the body. It's an assumption that every person has a place where they uniquely fit to serve and minister. There's something interesting about this puzzle. No two pieces of the puzzle are cut exactly the same shape. Jeff and Lori made this and they spent tons of time to make it in such a way That there are no two pieces. You couldn't put one piece in the wrong place because it wouldn't fit. That every piece is different. And the reason I took the chance today of completely losing your attention to make this point, to use this visual aid, is to illustrate that we as a church family have some holes in our body. That we as a church family, Portview Church, that we have some holes in our body. And this is really what we look like We really have some some significant holes. We can see the outline. We are doing what God wants us to do, in essence. But we have a ways to go. The best is yet to come. That we have some holes in our body. And the reality to wrestle with today is this. That when a person does not really connect to the church body, or when a person just fills a pew, without allowing their unique shape to complete the body, that it hurts the function of the body that a leg can't run without a knee. And it hurts the function of the body and it keeps individual people from being fulfilled and it keeps other people from being able to accomplish what God wants them to do because He didn't create you to do anything on your own. He created you to do it in connection with another person. So it inhibits your ability and my ability when parts are missing. And I want you to think of it this way. A body without a heart would be in trouble, wouldn't it? Right? If we had no... Oh, amazing, we have no heart. That was on purpose. If the body has no heart, we're in trouble. But I want you to think about something else. If I had piece 49 and 55 with me right now, 53 55 with me right now, and I went and put those pieces in there, we'd find out that a body that has a heart that doesn't beat is in trouble also. We call it a heart attack. When you have a heart, a heart attack is having a heart, but the heart is not beating. Or at least it's not beating as it should. It stops. You see, just being in the church, just sitting in a pew, does not equal functioning according to one's own giftedness. Someone can be designed by God to be the heart, and yet be structurally in the body But not beat. Not use their uniqueness, not use their giftings to connect with everybody around them and fulfill the giftings and the callings for the body can accomplish its goals the way God has intended. And, friends, here's my challenge to each of us today. Each and every one of us. My challenge today is that we would find where God designed us to fit in this church body, if you're part of this body, and plug in according to His plan. That you'd find where you fit. You see, there are ministries in this church that are functioning, but they're limited. This is the challenge part. They're functioning, but they're limited. And they're limited because some of us have yet to get involved in them. That God created you special and unique, and He made your shape exactly right to fit in the body. He brought you into the body on purpose, so you would fit right there. He created you special, and He put you right here. It says in the Scripture that He put you in the body. He put you right where He wanted, so you'd bring completeness And that that ministry need would be accomplished to fit there. But they're limited because some people are there or just don't show up. And then that ministry need doesn't get done. After church, we're going to do something. After church, you saw a whole bunch of 22 tables set up out there. 22 tables set up that represent 22, or actually a lot more because some tables have two things, represent ministry opportunities within the body of Portview. Ministries that you can fit and function in. And ministry leaders are going to be at every one of those tables to talk to you and give you information. Because what our job is, is to help all of us find where we fit. My real job as a pastor is not to do everything. My job is to help people figure out what how God shaped them and help them find where they fit so they can excel. So you can excel and you can become all that God created you to become. Because where God created you ultimately for is to function in the body of Christ. The outside, other stuff in the world is necessary and important, but it's not as important as how we function in the body of Christ. We want to help you find where you fit. So there's going to be a time after church where you're going to be able to go to those tables and look at them and figure out and ask God, God, where do I fit? And just begin to get some ideas of where you fit if you don't fit yet. But there's also something else today that's a challenge. And the challenge is this. That there are ministries that I believe God wants to begin in our church, but they're not yet begun because we... Yet the people have figured out that's where they fit. But that God is going to show you that he wants you involved. That's been our prayer for this week. That God, and for the last number of weeks, that God would simply speak to our hearts and show us where we we belong. There's two ministries that I believe, and I've talked to you about this a little bit lately, two ministries that I absolutely believe that God wants us to start up. And I think he gave us an example that this works this way and I'm going to digress for one second, we started a ministry a little while ago where I just simply stood up and said, um, I believe God wants us to start a Spanish translation and eventually have a Spanish service. Simply threw it out there. And within literally within days and then weeks and months, all the parts came together, people rose up, God actually brought other people into the body that right now, as for week two, we're translating into Spanish. And my hope is, and I believe God's hope is, that someday we'll simultaneously have a Spanish service running in the youth center on Sunday mornings. There'll be a Spanish service where where it's going to meet some unique needs and we'll have um, all of our kids' ministries in English because all the kids go to school in English schools and that we'll we'll, we'll meet that need. I believe God laid that on my heart and we just simply threw it out there and people rose up and said, that's what God made me for. And they're finding fulfillment. Well, there's two other ones that I think God gave us that example to say this is exactly what he wants to do again and again and again. And right now I think there's two of them. I think one of them is this, that God wants us to begin a special needs class on Sunday morning for children with special needs. And you say, why do you believe that? Because right now in our church of a couple hundred people, we have three children with special needs. Two have come in in the last couple of, couple of months. And I believe God is saying, I'm giving you an opportunity to meet the needs of the children I love. And I believe he's saying this to some of you in this place. He's laying it on your heart to say, you know what, i got a passion for those kids. You say, I never considered that. You say, I'm a big burly guy and I don't think about that. And God's saying, uh, no, I made you. I made you the heart of that ministry because I made you to spend time with a special needs kid. And he's calling you together to say, I want to be part of that. I believe God has created some of you special to spend time with these kids and, and we're just throwing out there and saying, God, we believe we're supposed to meet this need so we can be complete, and we can meet that, and we understand that there's going to be a whole slew of people in our, in our community that especially needs kids that never go to church. You know why? Because the kids, there's just no place for them, and so they never get connected, and never become a part of the body of Christ. I believe God wants us to meet that need. There's another need that I think that God is rising up before us right now. He's put a lot of the people in our path, and we just have to figure out how to meet their need. And I think I think it's this that we need to start a single and parenting class, and we've come up with a, a great program for it. It's a video based program that um, that experts in the field teach, and then a group of people who are single and parenting come together and basically become a support group. And I believe God wants to raise it up because this is what I found over the years. I it's tough enough raising kids. Anybody think raising kids is a challenge? Be honest with me. I see no. It is a challenge now you try to do it as a single mom or a single dad try to do it when when you can't sleep at night because a kid keeps you up all night and you still got to go to work and work 8 or 10 hours a day and the car breaks down you can't get to daycare because you don't have a spouse there to take care of the child i believe god wants to start a single parenting class now i'm going to be at a table right out here of those 22 i'm going to be one right out here and i'm going to be at a table that simply represents these two ministries And if these are things that God is placing on your heart today or in your future places on your heart, we need to talk about it and pray about it so the body can become more complete. Church, I believe this. I believe the best days are ahead. Amen? Amen. And we will get there as our body becomes more complete. That's God's plan. We're never going to be perfectly complete because He always has more for us to do. But as we figure out where we fit and we get plugged in and we celebrate our uniqueness and we function in unity that the body becomes complete and then it's hands raised in glory and worship to the Lord. And I believe when God then looks at us, he says, look at, look what my, what my body in that place is doing, bringing me glory and praise. And I think the devil looks at it and says, I hate them because they're doing it right. I love them." the devil hates what we do. Right? right? Now, as we close right now, I think there's just one closing thought about all of this. Kind of an underlying thought that we need to think about before we actually pray and close, and it's this. We quoted, quoted verse 18 a couple times today. basically says this. It says that it's God who places people in His body, in His family. He's the one who selects and He's the one who puts them in there. It's God who calls us by name to be His very own. And today you may be with us. And you're not part of a church family. Matter of fact, maybe you know you know this. You're not in a right relationship with God. And you may be hearing His call today to come into the body. His call to come to Him. His call to be part of His body, which begins by understanding that we need to come into a relationship with Him. We talked about it earlier, that He brings us together. The thing that binds us is the fact that we have been spiritually turned on. The way that happens, friends, is that we surrender our life to God. And we, un- we understand that His Son, Jesus, was sent to us and hung on a cross and died. And bled and suffered as- for a reason. Not because God's morbid. Because God Himself... Jesus is God, came and said, we are separated from him because of sin. And he wants to bring us together. And he says, the only way that can happen is if you have your sins removed, washed clean. And he says, I got away from that to happen. He says, I'll deal with it myself. And God himself came into this world and says, I will take the punishment that every one of us deserves for our lives of sin. I'll take it upon myself. And if you'll come to me, to Jesus, he says, I'll take the punishment and I'll put on you forgiveness. And it says this, and I'll put on you God's righteousness. He gives it as a gift. He says, come to me and I'll wash your sins away. I'll take them away. And I'll not only forgive you, but I'll put my righteousness, my perfectness upon you. And that's the spiritual birth that happens. And that's what unites us together. And I know that some of you may be here today and you honestly understand you're not part of the body. But something inside of you is saying I need to be, I need to get in a right relationship with God. And I want you to know that today He's calling your name. Would you pray with me this morning?